2: Welcome to Good Morning Football. It's Friday, May 20th. I can't believe we are already at the weekend. The week definitely flew by, and it did because of this great group of guys. We've got Kyle Brandt, Mike Robb, and Peter Schrager. And Schrager, as we were just talking about our love of books. Shout out to the bookstores. I wouldn't have this job, right? Because math definitely wasn't my path in life. All right, guys, are you ready for the lead block? Let's get this. Let's, let's get the show going. Lead block.
3: Let's do it. Let's go.
2: All right. Some excitement here in New York where the Giants have a new head coach, new front office, and two studs they got in the top ten of the draft. But so often it comes down to the quarterback. The Giants didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Of course, he was asked about it yesterday at OTAs.
0: kind of is what it is, and, you know, you're focused on preparing to to play as well as you can. And and, uh, that's my goal. That's
3: what my focus is on. What do you have to do this year? To prove you're the franchise qb get the next contract etc
0: you know i don't think it's you know that's really the the mindset or the focus i think it's more about winning games and and you know knowing that you know if we, we win games and we have a good season then you know that's going to take care of a lot of things for everyone
2: shame on the reporter the real question there was his everyday leg day but since they asked about him uh, about <laughs> extending his time with the giants Peter, what does Daniel Jones have to do in order to be that franchise quarterback past 2022?
3: I'm in New York. I'm in the heart of this. And Giants fans are sort of exasperated. And it's not just with Daniel Jones, just with the product on the field. They want to win. And they want to win any way necessary. And I think Brian D'Abel and Joe Shane, the new head coach and GM, are going to put them on that path. But for Daniel Jones... He needs to win and he needs to show that he can be on the field and available and also let it fly. There needs to be a different brand of Giants football than what they've seen the last three years with Daniel Jones. So I think he needs to make the playoffs. I think he needs to win a playoff game. Daniel Jones does have the arm. He does have the skill set. And from everyone who's in the building and and Kyle, we've had Sean O'Hara enough times on the show and a million other ex-Giants come pop in. They're like... If you guys know Daniel Jones, you know that he is about this life. He is about putting all the work in, but it just hasn't shown up on Sundays or Mondays or Sunday nights. I don't think there's been enough of a, of a sample size of Daniel Jones as the man for Giants fans to say, yeah, if he's just out there, we're going to be fine. He needs to be out there. and he needs to win games. Daniel Jones has had those moments. They've been few and far between for Giants fans. But I also want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Hasn't had a steady offensive line. Hasn't had an offensive coordinator that's been a guy that could be in his ear year after year after year. And now he's going on to his third NFL head coach. Daniel Jones was not picked up for that fifth year option. There's been a lot of quarterbacks who have had that happen to him. The only one that I can think of that made the playoffs and still wasn't brought back the following year was Mitchell Trubisky. And that's a lot of the reason was Trubisky wasn't like a slam dunk. Daniel Jones needs to not only make the playoffs, he might need to win a game and he needs to show that he's a slam dunk. I am a number one quarterback. That's how much of an uphill battle this is for the Giants fans right now. And I would say the Giants organization, who, by the way, inherited Daniel Jones, did not draft him.
1: Peter, you're all over and I agree with you. I think there's very simple things that he has to do. Win home games, win division games, but there's also something more. It's what you're talking about, Peter. He needs to become beloved. Because I, I don't know if just getting to the playoffs, the Giants are going to say, yeah, let's extend him. Let's pay, let's pay Daniel Jones 25 million bucks a year i have conversations with random suburban fans of the giants some random dads all the time and i'm always like hey what do you think about your boy what do you think about daniel jones and it's always a lot of uh, hubba 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 yeah we need to get him o-line help it's never a no but it's definitely never a yes i think he needs to do something special this year more so than getting a wild card or even winning the division i think he needs to do something really special i think of i think of gladiator and Proximo, Proximo is the OG gladiator. He's like the greatest of all time. And he pulls Maximus aside and gives him advice. And he says, I wasn't the best because I killed quickly. I was the best because the crowd loved me. Win the crowd, you'll win your freedom. I think Giants fans and Giants organization need to fall in love with Daniel Jones this year. And what an opportunity we have, folks. Daniel Jones is seven and 12 as a home starter. Seven and 12 in front of his own fans. That means 12 times in a very small sample size John Q Giants fan has put on his jersey and packed up his kids and paid for his tickets and paid for parking and gone to MetLife and gone home with a loss. How do you change that? Well, this year, after a very sleepy little open to the season against Tennessee and Carolina, week three, New York Giants at home, Monday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Win this game, Daniel Jones. This is your prom. This is your chance because it's Troy and Joe in the booth, There's going to be a Manning cast, which means it's going to be Eli talking about you. They could bring in Strahan. They could bring in Phil Simms. It's going to be a whole New York Giants extravaganza week three. You got to win this game. If you lose this game 31 to 13, it could be a wrap. And by that, I mean fans are like, enough, enough. We can't win with this guy. It's done. It's done. We're building for next year. That is the one win the crowd, win your freedom. I think he needs to almost do the equivalent of going viral on the football field this year and become a star, because (laughs) short of that, he's doing extension. It's way too much money. He's got to do some really special things this year. I like that. got to go viral on the football field. I like that one, Kyle. I'm going to have to use
4: that, and you're right. When you mean by viral on the football field, put up some big plays. Show that you're a capable franchise quarterback. Show that you're worthy of that sixth overall pick. How about sometimes put the team on your back and just will your team to a win most of the time when you see top 10 quarterbacks they have that ability yes maybe they don't win every game maybe you see some things because they're a young quarterback but when i just look at daniel jones when i when i see his play the only thing that shows me that he can be an explosive player is those occasional passes downfield and his some of his some of his runs right he has a thousand yards uh rushing in three seasons to me that doesn't say that he's a runner uh so to speak on only five uh rushing touchdowns then when you you just look at Look at the bad decisions Daniel Jones makes when he's on the football field. Again, I I feel like a broken record. I say it all the time. How many times are you screaming at the television? Daniel Jones, throw the ball. There's a guy coming, you know, right there next to you. Throw the ball, throw the ball. What about the pocket awareness? What about, have we seen, again, Daniel Jones just put the team on his back? Three game-winning drives in three years, guys. Three game-winning drives. And Peter... I agree with you, man. Maybe the sample size isn't that big. Maybe the offensive line wasn't that great. 12 and 25 as a starting quarterback. 12 and 25 as a starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the only one that knows this. It's guys in that locker room that notice. This it's guys that when they see Daniel Jones step on the football field, they're not. He doesn't bring life to the team that they, where they think that they're gonna win. And so, what does Daniel Jones needs to do? To extend his time in New York, make better decisions, play winning football, show that you're a franchise quarterback, have some game-winning drives, have about four or five games this year where you say, "Uh uh-uh, I don't need Saquon, Uh uh-uh, I don't need nobody on the outside, I don't care what's going on with my offensive line, I'm going to will my team to a win. Now, the issue here is, guys, Mm. I don't believe he can do it. I don't. I believe you have to... Mm. And look at guys' history and see who they are and believe who they are. When you look at Daniel Jones, Uh he's going to look great in shorts. His arm is going to look good, you know, when he's just letting it fly downfield. He's going to say all the right things when he's standing on the podium. All those things. He's going to be a great dude. He's going to be a great guy in the locker room. But is he going to be a dog? Is he going to be that dude that we can say, okay, this other team is better than us, but we got this guy. I'm not so sure Daniel Jones is that guy for the New York Giants.
2: Woo! Not only is he 12 and 25 in his career, but he's turned the ball over 49 times in his 37 starts. And when you look at Daniel Jones, guys, he's never had this moment for you where you go, ah, he's going to turn the page or he's doing something special there. or This guy's got it. And so he doesn't have it on the football field. And quite frankly, when you're in New York, I I liken it to like being a franchise quarterback of a team like Alabama or Texas. There's an element of charisma that you have to have. You've got to sell it. You know, I, I love that they've got a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau in the locker room, but Daniel Jones just isn't that. So there's no sizzle on the field. There's no sizzle off the field. And so I think that he's fighting a little bit of an uphill battle. But to answer the question of this segment, which is what does he have to do to extend his time to the Giants, I think you got to beat the Cowboys. you got to win the NFC East, and you've got to make a run in the playoffs, or I think they're going to be looking to other places. And right now, you don't have a lot of excuses. The offensive line, that was legitimate. He was pressured on 37.2% of his snaps since entering the league, highest rate in the league during that time. He's finally got an offensive line. He's finally got some healthy weapons. To be fair, he hasn't really had that around him. And so they're investing in him. They have a creative new head coach. So the excuses are sort of up at this point. So this is a prove it year. And for me to prove it, you got to win the NFC East, and this is a fairly easy division to win, guys.
3: Mm -hmm. Spot on, Jane. This is a down time for the NFC East, and as much as we love talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles rebuilding, this is not like it's the AFC West. It's certainly not like it's the NFC West where there's playoff teams all over the board. I would add this last point. They went and they got an offensive head coach in Brian Dable, and they went and also got an offensive coordinator in Mike Kafka, who spent the last several years with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. This is two brilliant offensive minds from two great offensive systems, Buffalo and Kansas City. And now you have two offensive tackles drafted in the top 10 in Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, and you have a number two overall pick at running back. No excuses now for Daniel Jones. To your point, Jane, it's now or never.
2: All right, mark your calendars, folks. Tomorrow is the 147th Preakness States in Baltimore. So in honor of the legendary race we came With a fun little segment here called Horsing Around. Let's start things all simple. It's the middle of May, which is the perfect time to make a dark horse prediction. Who are you going with for your dark horse MVP prediction? Peter, we'll start with you.
3: You know, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP award in his second year, Lamar Jackson won the MVP award in his second year. Do you know which quarterback went to the playoffs? as a rookie and is coming back with a lot of questions around his team. Give me Mac Jones as my Dark Horse MVP. candidate. No one has any confidence, it seems like, in the Patriots. Who's calling the plays? Who's calling the plays? How about this one? Who cares? We got Mac at the quarterback spot. No one's going to pick Mac Jones. It's a huge long shot. Patriots bring back a lot of players from a team that went to the playoffs last year. And if they finish first over Buffalo, a huge ask. You better believe there's going to be some hype around a second-year quarterback who was the fifth one taken in the first round. I'm going Mac Jones, Dark Horse MVP candidate. Not a popular pick, but that's the whole point. Dark Horse.
4: (laughs) Ah. Wow, Peter. Good one. Good for conversation. All right, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Indianapolis Colts, the new quarterback in Indy. Matt Ryan, okay, 14 years. He was a, a former MVP. He's going to make better decisions on the football field than Carson Wentz did. I mean, you're not going to have to worry about this guy throwing some of those bad interceptions deep in his own end zone. But, again, you look at last year. You look at what he did at Atlanta. He made the right decisions. You couple him with Jonathan Taylor and those weapons on the outside. Matthew Ryan playing in a, not a great AFC South. You look at the division, I, I, I think he can put up the numbers and I think he's gonna be able to complete enough passes on the outside, cause he's gonna have the one-on-one matchups on the outside. You never know, I'm telling you, Matt Ryan, he has it in his in his play. He could be the Dark Horse MVP this season.
1: I like it, Mike. I'm gonna go with, um, is the world ready? Is the internet ready? for Kirk Cousins as the NFL MVP, cause Hell damn it, I no. am. Get in there, Hell. Kirk. Let's do it. Everybody get your conversion bands and drive them to Outback Steakhouse where you will pay with a gift card. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. And I, I think the Vikings are ready. Listen, this is a guy, in the day, Kirk Cousins could be counted on to to flirt with 5,000 yards passing, whether it be with Washington or Minnesota. Nobody in the NFL has better receivers. Yes, I said it. I think there's some great ones. I don't think I can clearly say anybody is better than the guys that he lines up, especially with Dalvin Cook. And remember everybody, the Zimmer era is over. We have a young, square-jawed, offensive head coach who is going to (laughs) unleash hell across that field turf in U.S. Bank Stadium. He's ready. He's got his Creed playlist. He's got 5,000 yards, and Kirk Cousins' MVP would be absolutely incredible. Jane, I can't wait to see who you're going with. Is it possible that Saints pass rushers could win defensive MVP? So if, if so, we're in.
2: <laughs> I've got an honest question, though, for you, Kyle. Is Brooke jealous yeah. of the flirtation that you have with Kirk Cousins? Does a fat head hang in the master Good bedroom? Question. I'm just curious. Oh.
1: My wife Brooke, who's two floors up from there, knows the affection I have from Kirk Cousins. You know, I, I have to get the love somewhere, honey. You know, like it, it's Kirk and I have a very special relationship, put it that way.
2: That's his pass, guys. He gets one pass, and it's wow. Kirk Cousins. That's Derek my pass. Carr <laughs> is my pick. Enjoy that Usually one. Usually Derek Carr. In his third season, he was a candidate, so I don't think it's that big of a stretch. And then Devontae Adams chose him. And then we were listening to David Carr on the NFL Network lately. He talked about all the time that Derek and Devontae has spent together and the connection they had this offseason. Not to mention Darren Waller and a new coach who loves the passing game. And I just look at how far Carr was able to get this team with all the off-the-field drama last year. With a little more stability, with some better weapons around him, I think he could make a legitimate run. Uh, as your dark horse MVP candidate,
3: you might have seen this. This is video from a young man named Mikey Gow, a young ambidextrous quarterback from Bellevue, Nebraska. These highlights were online and they went viral very quickly. He's throwing with his right hand and then his left hand. This is incredible stuff. Footage that went everywhere and it even caught the attention of oh I don't know Lamar Jackson, who came out and had this to tweet: Number one uh, overall pick, flame, <laughs> flame, 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 flame. The young man's name is Mikey Gao. We've got our own Mike Robinson. Mike, this one stopped me in my tracks. What'd you think of this video?
4: I thought it was pretty cool. I'm not, I'm not gonna go as far as saying he's the number one overall pick. But I mean, to me, when I look at the video, it looks like he's naturally a righty and and he learned to throw um, with his left. But just from an offensive play caller, like you can call bootlegs, you can call, you know, offensive principles to both sides of the field. It really makes the kid very hard to defend. Being able to throw to both sides like that. I thought it was really, really cool. I broke my right thumb when I played quarterback in high school before, and I had to throw my left hand, it was terrible. Um, So to see this kid do this, this is pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah, I would just say I want to see what he looks like under pressure, right? Because to your point, it does look like he's a little bit more dominant there on the right. I'm not taking anything away from this, though. It's very, very impressive. I just imagine as he gets ready for the draft. All the draft prognosticators going, well, it's just a matter of time before the NFL figures the kid out. So uh, I imagine that would be the next step (laughs) as they talk about him. But so cool, and I love that he's getting a little bit of a plug here, the QB plug. He's getting a little bit of a plug on Good Morning Football for something really, really cool.
1: It's not cool enough that he can throw with both hands. He's on the video wearing aviators and a backwards hat and the long hair (laughs) in his video. This kid is really cool, but I have questions. So Mike, you're onto this. Is this just something that he can do, kind of as a parlor trick, or when their offense is running like a bootleg out to the left, does he deliberately throw with his left hand? When does he throw to the right, when he's going right? Does he take it from under center? If so, what hand does he put up and what hand does he put down and then lastly, Peter, I know this is where you live. Can we see Mikey Gal on the basketball court? Is he shooting a left-handed jumper from Ooh. the left block or the left corner? Can we see him on the mound? Is he a switch pitcher? If a right-handed batter versus left-handed batter, can he go left and right pitching as well? What do you got, Mike?
4: So you talk about being able to do this in a game. I remember being young. Yeah. I remember going down to Virginia Beach. I remember seeing a state championship game where Allen Iverson was a quarterback. He rolled out Ooh. to his left, and I have never seen anything like it. He put the, he put the ball in his left hand and he threw a 20-yard strike with his left hand. Come on. I have never seen anything like it. You got to give Allen Iverson his props. He was the first movement quarterback here in the state of Virginia to get recruited. He started it all down here. So, to your point, I got to see this kid do it in a game and be like AI to
3: truly be
4: legit.
1: Oh, my gosh.
3: Back here on Good Morning Football when we get back, you better believe we've got some good stuff to talk about, and it's a team that won the Super Bowl last year. They added Allen Robinson to their offense. How high can that team soar alan robinson talk after this
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower
2: Nothing but football on this show. Good morning, football time and time for our lead block, folks. All right. The Cup and the Super Bowl champions are back at OTAs, but the offense is looking a little different. Here's brand new Rams receiver Allen Robinson on what it's like playing alongside the Triple Crown winner.
4: He's been a tremendous help. Like I said before, man, whenever you play with guys like that, it just makes it easy on you. And I say easy on you is because you're you're learning and you're getting better, you know, and the better you get, obviously, the easier the game is. Coach McVay um, and the offense that he's put together and the offense that these guys run, you know, um, again, has been a top offense in the league for a reason. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, that it'll, bring, that it'll bring the best out of me, you know, and I'll be able to display all, all the elements of my game.
2: Robinson, a big ad for LA, but the chance will be without OBJ, Andrew Whitworth, Sony Michelle, and their offensive coordinator from last season, Kevin O'Connell. So a lot of losses there. But what about the addition of Allen Robinson, and now your expectations in 2022, Kyle? Let's start with you.
1: I love Allen Robinson. Peter knows this. I never shut up about Allen Robinson. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And I am so happy that he is landing on this team with this quarterback, with this coach. 1,100 yards is my expectation. Not 1,000, 1,100. It is the Cooper Cup show. Don't get me wrong. 1,100 yards. Draft him in fantasy. Count on him in reality. Because let's just run this down. Allen Robinson has been a consummate pro and a playmaker for years. He has never... Had a top tier quarterback. He has never had a middle tier quarterback. Here's the list of Allen Robinson's quarterbacks right now. Last year, a very raw, unsupported Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, Andy Dalton, Chicago Bears version Nick Foles. Going back before that, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney. That's the list. You want to go to college? Penn State. Christian Hackenberg, the Jets spent a second-round pick on him and never played him. Matt McGloin, best known as the guy who came in after Derek Howard got hurt and also got hurt. And that is it. And I have said many times in this show, who was Allen Robinson's high school quarterback? Could he sling it at all? Yes, it was a guy who went on to play at Penn State too, and the the team lost in the title game. Check this out, I did the research. St. Mary's Prep in Michigan, Allen Robinson's high school, they lost in the title game. The articles back then said the team seemed reluctant to throw the ball, even with talented all-conference- wide receiver, Alan Robinson, and the head coach, George Porritt said, if we can run the ball just as effective, we're going to do it. George, you had Allen Robinson on the team and you lost the title game. Throw it to him. Matt Stafford will not make the same mistake. I think it's going to be a big season that I think Allen Robinson has waited for for over a decade. Big season, big things, big yards. I love this guy. Maybe it's just me. I love all Robinsons from Penn State. What do you think, Mike?
4: Yes, me too, Kyle. I love all Robinsons from Penn State too. I'm glad you threw that in there. Look, I'm so happy that Allen Robinson is Finally, with a capable quarterback, to your point, he's finally in an offense where he's just not the main guy, where he can't get all the defensive eyeballs on him, and now he can go play one on one and beat guys one on one. Look, when you're playing with a guy like a Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup rules the slot. Cooper Cup, a lot of times, is in the slot, and teams are gonna pay a tremendous amount of attention to him. When I look at Allen Robinson and and what he can do for this Rams offense, I think he's gonna be great in the red zone. He's a big body. He's a big target. When you, you you put Cooper Cup on one side of the field, you put Allen Robinson on the other, and you just say, "Okay, defense. How are you going to defend these guys? Who's going to be the coverage dictator? If you're going to allow Cooper Cup to be the coverage dictator, then what, what Matthew Stafford's going to do? He's going to work the Allen Robinson side, and then vice versa. If Allen Robinson's the coverage dictator, he's going to work the Cooper Cup side. And this this is what I like the most about Allen Robinson. He's a willing blocker. In the run game, when you look at Sean McVay's offenses, they're built around the run game. Yeah, they may not have a 1,000-yard rusher. They may not have all the carries, but they run the ball just enough in every single game so that the play-action passes can be a real threat to any defense. I love the makeup of this team. I love the fact that Allen Robinson is now with a capable quarterback. I think he does have over a 1,000 yards this year, not only because he's capable of doing it. I think this offense is going to need him to produce a 1,000 mm-hmm. yards receiving.
2: And look, and in 2019, 2020, and those back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons didn't quite gel with Matt Nagy. But if Sean McVay can tap in here, connect with this wide receiver, I agree with both of you guys. I think he could have a really big season. And that's with Cooper Cup being your dominant guy. If you think about it, Allen Robinson has never had to not be that guy. In other words, opposing defenses have always planned against him. So we saw with this... Did for OBJ in other words, he lit it up when he wasn't the guy constantly being targeted. So having Cooper Cup there as a diversion might open up Allen Robinson's in game it w- game in ways that we haven't seen. You don't have Robert Woods on the roster either, and then like I said, we'll see if OBJ is still there. But I think this is a huge opportunity for not only Allen Robinson but Sean McVay in this offense. Uh, by putting this guy on the roster with a guy like Cooper Cup there to uh, help him out a little bit.
3: Yeah, and you know the the loss on the offensive side is not just Robert Woods. They also lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who now goes to the Minnesota Vikings as the head coach, which brings in Liam Cohen. And you say, who's Liam Cohen? Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky last year, but he was with the Rams before that, and McVay handpicked him. He was like, I could have anyone. I mean, it's, a, it's literally an NFL head coaching job to be. You be the offensive coordinator with the Rams, you're getting hired. And McVay went to Lexington, Kentucky, to find someone that's going to maximize this offense. I think Robinson is an upgrade from Woods. I love Robert Woods. I think he was great for what they did. But in this offense, you now have a bigger and you've got a faster player and who's going to be a bigger red zone threat. But the biggest part of this Rams offense is that they basically didn't have a running game down the stretch. They were getting things from Sony Michelle and Henderson. And Cam Akers is healthy, guys. Cam Akers comes back. And I'll tell you, going into the season, there was a massive role for Cam Akers in this offense. Sean McVay and I did a podcast together last year, and it was around this time, May and June, and off camera, and we weren't recording, he's like, you got to see what I'm doing with Cam. Like, Cam is going to do things that we we haven't been able to do at the running back spot. We're going to talk about the receiving game. He's going to line out wide. And then he tears his Achilles in, in practice, and we never get to see that. He makes a miraculous comeback, and he ends up being a part of the Super Bowl champion. He can say, hey, I was on that team. I took the field. But Cam Akers is 100%. So you're not only adding Allen Robinson, you're adding Cam Akers. I think the offensive line is gonna be just fine. I know Whitworth retired, but Joseph Noteboom can pick up that slack. And then you add in this new entire wrinkle with a new offensive coordinator who's bringing things to the league that hasn't been seen yet. So the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, and in the final drive of the biggest game of the season, it was Matthew Stafford under center, and he had number 18, Ben Skaralnik at one wide receiver. He had 88, Bryson Hopkins at tight end. He had Daryl Henderson at running back. And, of course, he had Cup, and he had Van Jefferson, who was battling an injury. Now you're telling me you get the same quarterback, you get the same Cooper Cup but you're adding in a healthy Cam Akers and you're adding in Allen Robinson and Tyler Higbee. And hey, guess what, guys? Odell is what they want there. And they've been very, uh, very upfront about that. They want Odell there. I think the Rams offense can be number one in the league. And I said as much earlier in the show, and I think Stafford and Cup are going to lead the league in passing yards and receiving yards. I'm bullish on the Rams. I think they got better on offense this season from what was the, ver- the version that we saw that went through the playoffs and won the Super Bowl.
4: We lost again at the last second uh, on an amazing play that you would think would be similar to the Patriots game where it would just demoralize you, a game that you thought about often. But my perspective had changed, uh, not only in that season, but as a person and throughout my career. And I remember running down our sideline because I knew where my family was sitting and they were crying and they were disappointed. And I just remember looking at them and saying, it's okay, it's no big deal. Life isn't about winning a, a football game. It's about the moments and it's about being able to relish and enjoy the things that God gives you.
2: Well, that was a football life featuring Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. He reflected on the Cardinals' Super Bowl forty three loss to the Steelers and the lessons he learned from, which, by the way, was on the NFL Network yesterday. But meanwhile, the Bengals went on an incredible run in 2021, but ultimately fell short to the Rams in Super Bowl fifty six. And Joe Burrow was recently on the Full Send podcast. Shout out to my boy Bob Menery, where he addressed why he still celebrated following the loss. Here's the thing. It's not
0: so much as, you know, resuming life, but I was watching, uh, you guys watched the Football Lifes on NFL Network? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have. I was watching a bunch of those leading up to the game, and Kurt Warner said something in it. When he lost the Super Bowl, he regretted not celebrating what they had accomplished instead, and he did what you talked about. He went and sulked in a corner, and then after the game, I was like, yeah, it sucks. We just lost the Super Bowl, but we did something really cool. Yeah, And I wanted to celebrate with the guys about what we did for the year and all the success that we had rather than, you know, sit in a corner and sulk about the game we just lost.
2: Hell of a perspective from such a young quarterback who got into the Super Bowl in only a second year, only to fall short. But Kyle, what did you think of his perspective, his take, and also taking advice from one of the game's best quarterbacks?
1: It just felt so good to listen to. You know, you get to a certain age, get enough salt in your beard, you start to succumb to those uh, feelings about, well, these young people these days, they just don't get it, and we're all going to hell in a handbasket, and knowing that they don't care, they don't have any perspective, and it's not true. Then you hear Joe Burrow say something just so wise and so interesting and so introspective. I, I, I just, I love that he watches the special. I love that he knows who Kurt Warner is. Kurt Warner is a legend and a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion, and you know, I don't know what these younger generations if they really appreciate those who came before them or not, and they do, and they learn from them. And I, I'm, I'm so encouraged by this, and I have to say, it's one thing to watch Kurt Warner say it, and it's another to, to do it. Not only did Joe Burrow lose the Super Bowl, guys, that was a bitter defeat in which the ball was in his hands and the final play and he couldn't get the pass off. It wasn't like they showed up and it was 31-17 Rams and it wasn't their day. If ever you were going to have a moment to sulk and not have perspective, it would be as after Aaron Donald's tearing you down and you're throwing it to somebody. And yet still, he's like, I watched those who came before me, those who helped build this league and what it is today, and I'm learning from them. And it is just the goods And I think that someday somebody will be watching Joe Burrows' football life and they'll be learning from him. It's just so cool, Peter.
3: It's interesting because we like it both ways, too, because I remember watching The Last Dance and Michael Jordan loses to the Detroit Pistons. And that next morning, he's in the gym lifting weights and the rest of the guys had to gravitate towards him and there was no celebration for how close we got. There was instead, let's get to work. You can have it both ways. I respect Burrow showing some vulnerability here and saying, gosh, that was pretty cool. I know there's a lot more to go, but that was pretty cool and we got to appreciate that. Now let's take a moment and then let's get back on the horse and keep on rolling. What's interesting about this Bengals team is that this is not the NBA, it's not baseball, it's football and the salary cap is, always looming. We've seen young quarterbacks whether it be Jared Goff or whether it be Colin Kaepernick get to the Super Bowl early in their career and then not return and a lot of that is because of the salary cap situation and you gotta start disassembling your team and paying people different money and Michael Robinson you know this all too well with Russell Wilson once he got paid the Seattle Seahawks couldn't pay everybody and they never got back to the big dance. So there is this moment in time that is still very much alive for the Bengals. And I think 2023 is this really important season for them that they still have Burrow And of course, they still have Chase and Boyd and Higgins and Mixon, all these guys under reasonable contracts before everyone says, "Okay, I got to leave. I got to get paid. I find 2023 Joe Burrow to be a fascinating quarterback because it might seem like the window is huge, but this might be the year that they really have their best shot at getting back.
4: That clip just showed great, again, great perspective uh, from Joe Burrow being a young guy in the National Football League, especially in a society that only celebrates the winners. You guys know capitalism only celebrates the winners. There's winners and losers. There's no second place, for Joe Burrow to have that perspective in that moment, to me, I think is going to help them this year. Because usually when when a team loses and, they, and they're sulking and they're, you know, kind of in their feelings or whatever, that sets up for the next season, right? It sets up for the offseason. It sets up for the attitude in the building. And I think the reason why the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be successful going forward, because they have a guy like Joe Burrow at the helm, a guy as their leader. And again, they're going to have to pay everybody, or they won't be able to pay everybody. They're going to have to pay some of the young stars on that team but as long as they have a young leader like joe burrow leading everybody i don't really think it matters who they have come through that locker room i think they're going to be fine he's a culture changer
2: uh lamar jackson still Good hasn't gotten a changed. new contract Good stuff, should everybody? we be concerned
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better
2: It's been a fun week for lamar jackson first we saw these pictures of him out on the golf course dress code check and then yesterday we got the news that lamar filed for the trademark you ate yeah let me get that right for his growing soul food restaurant business in florida all this and still no contract extension for our boy a former mvp y'all how concerned are you guys that Lamar Jackson has not gotten that contract extension yet? Mike Rob, we'll start with you.
4: I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned that Lamar Jackson has not signed that big time contract. He's due for a big pay raise. Again, you mentioned former uh, MVP. You look at his quarterback record. He's 37-12-0, and 0, so he wins when he when, when he does play. The guy averages 900 over almost a thousand yards rushing a season. Again, you, you saw it embodied last year when guys got hurt. When Everything had to fall on Lamar Jackson. He was the team's leading rusher. He was the team's quarterback, and he got injured. That's the issue about Lamar Jackson's play, right? He could get injured, and we saw that happen this past year. Lamar, get your money. You're worth about $45, $46, 48000000 million dollars a year. Go ahead and get it because uh, if you sustain another injury, this is business, guys. You have to play
1: chestnut checkers. A team will move on from you. Never mind me. You know what I like? I like that Lamar doesn't appear to be concerned. I actually find it refreshing. Lamar's out there selling soul food and playing golf and having a great time. He'll make $23 million this year on the fifth year option alone. And everything you hear from Baltimore is that it's Lamar's all about work and Super Bowl and that stuff will take care of itself and take care of itself. I don't begrudge any athlete who tries to get some money, but if you put this in contrast to some of the nonsense we've seen from Kyler Murray and we're scrubbing our social media and we're making these bold proclamations and if that's how he wants to do it, fine. I think it's pretty cool that Lamar's like, I'm confident in myself. I'm an MD MVP. I'm going to get paid this year. I'm going to get paid eventually. I trust this organization. I trust the team. And I think John Harbaugh loves this guy and it will happen. But Peter, I don't know. It's different. And I don't know if I would do it, but I think it's cool that Lamar is chill on this and he's not. He's got other things in his life that he's worried about. It's business. It's
3: yeah. And ta- business. talking yeah, to Raven well, sources, they, you know, they, they want him back, obviously. And I don't think there's been anything but a uh, generous offer. I I also think that uh, this is actually sort of refreshing in a weird way that the team wants Lamar, Lamar wants the team, but we're not going to get contentious. We're not going public. Let's just keep this within our own building and behind closed doors. Lamar's a unicorn in that he doesn't have one of these mega agents. You know, if you want to name the names, it's not like Rosenhaus or Todd France or Ari Emanuel are walking in and saying, this is my client and we're going to make sure we get the highest dollar. Instead, it seems as though this is Lamar and his own people like We'll take it at our speed, and guess what? Seeing what the Sean Watson just got, let me go beat him. Let me go take care of business in the AFC North. Let me go win another MVP, and then you guys can give me the world because you have to. Uh, he's sort of banking on himself. The last quarterback I remember doing this was totally Joe Flacco. Different
1: styles. Mm-hmm. Totally different styles. Mm-hmm. same team. I
2: don't begrudge him for doing it. I'm with Kyle. The only person that really should be concerned here is Lamar Jackson. I'm not personally concerned, but I do think it is frustrating these days that I feel like sometimes the guys that are the good soldiers that do what they're supposed to don't necessarily Paid Sometimes it's the squeaky wheels, It's the Kyler Murray's who force us to have discussions about them and remind executives and remind the fans how great they are. I mean, just go back to his poo game, the way that he played in that one. And I just don't think okay. the Ravens are much of a <laughs> oh team without Lamar Jackson. And so I guess my big question is, does Lamar want the 40, the 45? The Ravens are saying 35. But to your point, Peter, I think Deshaun Watson's contract is complicating this for a lot of teams. We'll see how hard some of these teams hold out and say, we're not paying you the sort of guaranteed money that we paid Deshaun. But I think it's unfortunate because a guy like Lamar Jackson absolutely deserves his bag.
3: Welcome back to Good Morning Football. I just wanted to start this final segment of the week with a thank you to the great Michael Robinson who stepped up this week and was awesome, but also to Jane Slater. I can only imagine coming off of last Friday when we were saying farewell to Kay and then us going on remote when there's not much football to talk about. Jane, you are excellent. You brought so much fun and we so appreciate you here on the show. Filling in for obviously Kay's enormous shoes. Both of you guys fantastic work this week and if we don't see you the rest of the summer we'll definitely see you during training camp absolutely
1: i I love you jane i love you mike i feel like we all grew as a family this week we've been through a lot we've had ups and downs and adventures and i just thought i wanted to end on a little note of positivity for everybody you guys, all three of you, remember earlier in the week I was talking about my eight-year-old son Calvin and how he's really struggled at Little League and he's really getting down about it. And he just has t- trouble putting the bat on the ball and we've worked on it and I don't care but his spirits are really getting down. He just hasn't been able to get a hit. Well, I'm thrilled to show you a video clip <laughs> from last night a few blocks from my home. Take it away, number nine at the plate. Yeah, Cal, go, go, go! Yeah, Cal, go! Go, 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 all right! Woo, woo, woo! Guys, we did it. Calvin Brandt put the bat on the ball. He got a base hit. He got an RBI. He got a game ball. I am so proud of this kid. Thank you to Coach Chris and Coach Ian and Coach Ham for being patient. Look at Cal. Run through first like he was taught. He's got the high red socks and the helmet. He's a left-handed batter. He gets a little fist bump. That's a message to everybody out there, to all the Calvins and all the kids and all the people in the NFL. Keep trying. You can do it positivity you will get that hit I love all of you I love you Jane I love you Mike I love you Peter Schrager what a week it's been
2: it reminds me of my dad always said to me growing up because he knows that if he talked a little trash to me it would light a fire in me and so this week I was disturbed (laughs) that you were calling your son out on this show but my dad used to always say what did you fail at today and I would literally be like oh I'll show you so I think Cal did that and I am so proud of Cal you're a good father Kyle that was awesome
3: Awesome stuff. (laughs) Guys, great week. We'll be back on Monday. We always are. And Calvin, way to go. The next Ted Williams out there. Let's go.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,